I was really in a place where I was trying to find inspiration. I was listening to John Culture. I started listening to Culture. I was reading the Quran more, doing things that I, I needed to expand my mind. So when you brought Illmatic, because I was already listening to Midnight Marauders, listening to Return of the Boom Bap. I was listening to Souls of Mischief and that stuff. But then Illmatic was like, man, it just changed my life at that point. I can cite John Coltrane, The Last Poets, The Quran, and different books of Buddhism. And Illmatic is one of those things that was like, okay. And I was probably 20, 21. That was like life changing for me. This is Nas. You're now listening to The Bridge, 50 Years of Hip Hop. Hey, this is your co-host, Minya O, a.k.a. Miss Info. Sitting down with our guest, Common, and my co-host, Nas, in the same room was a homecoming of sorts for me. As a proud Chicago native, I witnessed Rashid Lonnie Lynn grow into the MC that we know and love as Common. Back then, I was a lowly intern working at The Source magazine in New York City, and every chance I got, I was bringing back cassette tapes of the next big thing. One of those tapes was an advanced copy of an album called Illmatic. It was super meaningful for me to hear Common share how that moment impacted his Resurrection album and his whole career. This one is extra special. I hope you enjoy it. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, Visit jiffylube.com. I used to love her by Common. It's a song that not only articulates the worries and obsessions of fans who thought hip-hop had sold out, it's also an example of great metaphorical storytelling. Of course, Common is known for more than just one record. Common helped put Chicago hip-hop on a national stage. He's made some critically acclaimed albums with producers No ID, Dilla, and Kanye. And he's performed poetry at the White House. Common could also lay claim to being one of the best lyricists in the game. Y'all don't want no smoke with him. He's too cold. The boy from Chicago has done real good for himself. <laughs> no. Most people don't really actually know, like, he moved always with a book, always with a notebook as well. Very thoughtful. But Chicago is one of these places where 
the gangsters and the scholars, everybody is together. It was a really right. unique place and a unique time. So I wondered right. whether you picked that up. El Hukin times? Well, those were the that- elders. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I heard about all that. Yeah, you know about them. Man, I was just talking with this brother, Kurt, who I work with. Man, he was getting into the history of the El Rookins and the Blackstones. Them organizations formed because the first person, Jeff Fort, who started the El Rookins was like, man, he was wanted to be a Boy Scout and wanted to be a Ranger. And they ended up turning him away on the day that everybody was supposed to cross. So when they turned him away, he, his street was Blackstone. And because he couldn't become a Ranger through the Boy Scout, he came up with the name Blackstone Rangers, mm-hmm. which became one of the biggest organizations in Chicago. That's where the L. Rookins sprouted from, you know, and people who do kind of know about Chicago gang culture and street organization culture know that Islam played a part in what the L. Rookins were doing, Mm -hmm. you know. It was street, but it was based in Islam too. So it's some complexities to our gangs there. You know, the disciples, I got to give it up to them too. I grew up around the brothers. I grew up around Stones and Vice Lords and Four Corner Hustlers. So, right. you know, that's who I normally was around. But, you know, I right. got friends everywhere now. But it definitely was part of our culture and part of the way we grew up. And, man, you said it so good. It's like you could be a scholar and actually be middle class, but you're still around all that mm-hmm. the gangs and the hustle and, and all that goes on in Chicago because that's just how it is. I always wondered, actually, because you, you had a purpose. In a lot of cases... The hustlers, drug dealers, they actually see talent and they, they want to nurture it. They want you to do well in what you're doing. Did you ever feel distracted and almost get pulled into the gang life? Or did they actually say, no, 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 this is what you're meant to do and encourage you and help you? Nah, they was definitely like, yo, come roll with us and do oh. what we're doing too. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I would to a limit. I had a boundary, you know, like point blank. I wasn't no killer. But I was out there doing what I had to do with, with cats and hanging out mm-hmm. and doing what I did. But, you know, I also knew I had a dream and I had something to live for. And my mother was a teacher. Man, she was enforcing me to do good, like in life and in school and just pursue something that I love. Because of that, I was able to kind of walk that line of like, mm-hmm. I'm in tune with these cats and these my guys. And, you know, it was times where things get shaky because I, I honestly met people in prison now who've been just around things and they didn't got hundreds of years. So mm-hmm. I can't say I didn't have myself in, in difficult situations, but thank God, thank the most high, I didn't go all the way over there and that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wasn't never trying to like just consistently be out there doing that. I just wanted to do something, you know, good and I still wanted to be hanging out with my guys. Now once things started, you know, elevating and I started getting out there, they weren't like, yo, come on, man, let's do this. But, you know, we still young. We still yeah. arguing and getting into stuff, you know, till you, like, realize, man, this is life, man. And I got an opportunity. And sometimes right. it takes your homies a minute to get there. Right. You know, yeah. it's funny, Nas, I don't know the name of the joint on, on the project, but it's one of the songs you're talking about, the pressures that people put on you and, like, you know, people around you. Woo for the children. Is it on a new new record or yeah, something? Yeah, on, on a the, newer, yeah. On Magic, when I was saying something about um, they think they know what's best for me, no rest for me. Yeah. Nas enthusiasts Yo, let me tell you what's, telling me what to do and shit. That's, let me tell you, man. <laughs> that song, like, and me, you might have met one of my homies. I got to give it up for my homie Dirty. We call him of Dirty course, Sean. Dirty. And, uh, I remember him. Shout to Dirty Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, uh, 
we had got into it over like some stuff over music and blah blah mm. blah and like okay me not putting them on this album and that and you know i known him since i was in nursery school and we got into it over that and it separated a, a lot of things yeah. you know from me, me and my guys with that does he rap yeah yeah okay. he rhyme he rhyme okay. i put him on a couple of joints we did at the time it was this album that the wu-tang and mob was on it was for hiv thing it was mm. something that lyle was doing i didn't put him on this album and that just man shit just exploded she wow. was like he was just and we got into it anyway we separated but we came back together and and you know just sat down as men and we both had evolved and just grew and, and i told him things i felt i did wrong he told me the things he felt he did wrong but when that song came out he sent it to me and I was like, that's dope, man. He said to me, like, Rosh, I seen what you was going right. through. When your song came out, Nas, he was like, I seen how you feel. That's how you feel, huh, Rosh? I was like, yep, now you see, you know. So oh, it's just sometimes, cool. yeah, it take yeah. us take us learning and growing. And it's a beautiful thing how music can help, like, articulate and guide us to who we are as men. And even as adult men, it's sometimes it's a reminder of where we want to be. And, and now that's one of the things I love about the projects you've been doing. It's like you embracing some of the new generation, and but you keeping it pure to who you are and you also speaking from your perspective and ain't trying to be like, yo, man, I'm just this teenager that's doing this. You're like, man, you talking from an adult man's perspective and how you see life and you ain't like sugarcoating it trying to be like, let me reach the youngest by saying something they like. It's right. like, man, right. you Thank reach you. them just by making great music, man. And, and it's happening. It's like, Grammy nominated and Grammy winning and like, come on, man. It's like, it's, it's amazing, bro. Thank you, sir. We called to talk to you about you. And this is how cool, this how cool you are. You're yeah. known as one of the, the most decent men. You know, it's not Humble, a lot of us we can generous, call men out here. You're nice, definitely yeah. a stand-up dude. Always been that way with me. Every time I see you, it's always been the same. Your art is always sharp as ever. It's crazy that we can sit and talk about us doing music to this day mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and, and talking about yeah. our experiences in a true form where uh we have a lot to offer right because we've been through yeah. so much stuff and i wouldn't want the younger ones to listen to us and hear us like lost and trying to be them mm -hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. we say what we're supposed to say we give them the little bit of wisdom that we learned through the years yeah. and hopefully that could reach somebody you know, so appreciate you saying that because yeah. you are someone who I don't like to throw the word purist around like that. Mm. And sometimes I don't like to use it because it seems like a word that could, you know, have a double edged sword or something like that. But uh, you're one of the dudes that's really authentic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's probably yeah. a better word. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. it comes to the culture, how you see it, how you deliver. When was hip hop introduced to you first? Yeah. Well, I first was introduced to hip hop. I think one of the first songs I heard was The Message. I think The Message was one of the first songs, but I really started seeing hip hop and like breakdancing. Planet Rock might have been one of the earliest ones I heard. And every time yeah. I would see somebody breakdancing, I was like, oh man, this is incredible. And I just felt, it felt so much like me or what I wanted to be. And I felt like people that were doing it were like me, you know, and like I could reach them. The movie Flashdance, we would record right. anything. We watched Beat Street over and over. Right. Even Lionel Richie all night long. Oh, just anything to have breakdance. Yeah. <laughs> Word. You remember that? Hell <laughs> yeah. I was like, Lionel yeah. got breakdances in it. Yo, yeah. I'm going to watch this. I love the song. 
and watch the whole video, but I really am here for the breakers in the video. <laughs> Yo, that's exactly, exactly. He was smart to put the breakers yeah. in there. The, the breakers. When yeah. you saw the breakers, you was like, boom. Yeah. You know, so I was just getting into hip-hop. My cousin lived in Cincinnati. My cousin named Ajale. God bless his soul. And I would go there for the summers, and I went out there one summer, and we had some of our older guys. They was like Run DMC of Cincinnati. They was... <laughs> They was like popping in Cincinnati. Like, and I loved them. We loved them. They were from the neighborhood. They was right on the next block. These were our guys. So it made me be like, man, maybe I could write a rap. I was probably 11 or 12, 11 years old, 12. I wrote my first rap. Me and my cousin wrote it up you know, in his room that night. And man, when I was saying my raps the next day, like they were sounding good. And then all the rest of the guys, they was loving it. And they started like being like, damn. Ross, that's all right. And they, and they started learning my raps. That was the moment that made me say, man, I want to I wanna be a rap. I want to MC. It was something about the joy I felt of writing a rap and expressing myself. But then it was the joy of seeing how they felt, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. I remember going to Chicago mm-hmm. for the first time. And Chicago's one of those cities that the history is so amazing that you, like, I can't wait to go out there and see Cabrini Green projects because of good times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we get there and Common, I'm I'm hearing about him. And I said, you could just tell his his whole aura. You could tell how he's rapping. I'm like, this dude right here is a problem. Mm. And yeah, when I got to Chicago, I was on your case. I was yeah. out there. <laughs> I was trying to find out everything I could about you. And it was easy to come by because everybody was talking about you. And really highly. So, uh, man, you inspired me a great deal too, bro. Give thanks. Give thanks. The crazy part is you let me, um, you did a show there and you let me come up and rhyme. Yeah. And and, uh, I remember Ye saying to me, Kanye was like, man, once you got on stage with Nas and Rhyme, that's when I knew, like, okay. Rosh is for real. Like, he can rhyme (laughs) up there with Nas. So, man, you know, my homies, we hold Nas and Biggie, like, these, these, the, the guys. So for me to get up there and rhyme with them, they like you made it. The respect, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I made it. That was <laughs> that was like one of the moments where you like, damn, I made it. Is you know, and I'm like, this is a force to be reckoned with. You are one of the best off the top of the head rhymers mm. in the game, if not the best yes, in the game. I'm like, this dude is so dangerous, he raps off the top of his head and will kill somebody with it. (laughs) How did you write, uh, what's the joint? I found a new primo. The The people. people. The people. Yeah. Yo, that's one of the most craziest records ever. Give thanks, man. Yo, so I was, uh, Kanye was out on tour and I was about to work on the second album. He had produced B for me and... Mm. Man, you know, it was just, it did really good for me. That was like a lot of, I got a lot it's of a love. great album. One of the best rap albums. After I did Electric Circus, it brought me back to like the essence of what people wanted to hear, but it still was progress because Kanye had his own sound. So Electric Circus, do you think that you went off track a little bit there? I mean, you know, when I look back at it. I like that album. I know. Yo, I remember one day you told me you liked that album. And I was like, you was like, man, I was listening to it when I was overseas. I was like, yeah, that's probably a good place to listen to it. He was like, no, I ain't trying to diss it, man. I'm saying, like, he he, he ain't believe me. I'm like, nah, I was rocking with that album. (laughs) 
I know. I was surprised. I was I was geeked that you said it. You felt like going into the Kanye when you got your Chicago brother to put that together. Y'all tapped into this dimension, right? Yeah, so we tapped it, it into just, it. It yeah. brought you back into a better place. You feel like I know what he's talking yeah, about. Well, you, I've been but there. you have to try yeah. something in order to For know, sure. right? You gotta sure. go and touch the edges. You got to, yo. If not, it gets boring. It's like yeah. it's like sex. You gotta add some some stuff to it. You gotta get some, you know. <laughs> you gotta add some things to it. Give it some, you know, some levels, some dimensions, you know. <laughs> so I felt like, man, I gotta explore things, especially. One thing that I said earlier is I will say that I stay true to who I am. Mm. And I was listening at the time to Jimi Hendrix and Pink Floyd and Radiohead. And it, that was inspiring my music. Mm. And I was like, I'm not going to let what we think hip hop's supposed to be limit what I'm about to do. Did you record that in the Electric Lady Studios, Jimi Hendrix studio? Yeah, we recorded it at Electric Lady. Mm -hmm. And then... I was doing some of it in Detroit with Dilla. Dilla was playing some of it, but a lot of it we did at Electric Lady. We actually got to do a joint at um, Paisley Park. Prince let us record it Whoa. at Paisley Park, which was incredible. Because I did a performance. Me, Erica, and the time did one of his birthday events at Paisley Park. Dope. And he was like, yeah, you can come here and record. By the way, it was just like Dave Chappelle described. It was like fucking... A basketball court is doves. It's like you know, I mean, he ain't cooking no pancakes, but but it was like it what was a magical it was dope. place. Yeah, we walked in. His father was playing the piano, so all I could think of was Purple Rain. Man, when we got there, we thought he was gonna come do something with us, but he never did. But he ended up playing on the song on that project, and I was happy about that. But we thought he was gonna come, like you know, create with us. But Prince is on that album. Prince, yeah, he played on it. Wow. He didn't sing on it. I don't know if I knew that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He played on this song called Star 69. I had Bilal singing, and um, Prince is playing on it. It's, it's, I mean, I was just grateful for that, man. It's Prince, man. Come on. That's Prince, one of the greatest after yeah. Beethoven and, and <laughs> James Brown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Kanye was on tour with U2, and he was like, man, Rosh, come on out, and you know, I'll make beats on the road. So... I would go yeah. like digging for records and bring records to him. Like I was shopping in Melbourne, I was shopping in Sydney. Wow. And he made the people while we was in Melbourne. And I remember he stayed that whole day, man, trying to chop that beat up. It was a Gil Scott Heron song uh -huh. called We Almost Lost Detroit. And he chopped that joint up eventually. And that's what made me be like, think about the people. Cause you know, that, that sample was in there mm. and then you know, I just started doing what we said, just freestyling to it. Incredible. I remember later somebody said, man, don't say that that's the new Primo. But I wasn't, you know, I got respect for Premier all day. So right. it wasn't like I was trying to say right. Primo is like, you know, Yo. I got respect for Primo. And yay is, yay is yay. So, yeah. yeah. Now, I don't play with Primo name. I said, Primo, I called him. I did the song Wave Guards, mm -hmm. ASAP Rocky. I said, uh. Me and Hit Boy is like we like the new gang star. Mm -hmm. You cool with that? He said, you know, people might have their shit to say, but I'm great with it, man. He's even doing the cuts on it. I know what you yeah. mean about that. Yeah. Incredible record, yeah. um, the whole album B and that, that song, The People. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. 
With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. been waiting for this conversation for like 20 years like this is my boy boy yeah y'all go back right yes what yeah i mean rosh like remember i would come home because i was working at the source at the time you know like these were the illmatic times these were the, like the chronic times de la soul is dead and i would come home and i had the tapes so right. i'm from chicago originally that's the crib right and always i would come and see rosh his crew and his crew was real deal like they weren't backpackers <laughs> like <laughs> and they were true hip-hop fans though and, and we would be able to make copies of all these tapes before they came out it was a wild time you had the 40 hours what you had on the cover yeah. listen listen i gotta i gotta say that this moment means something to me because both of y'all changed my life i'm gonna tell you how okay well obviously it's obviously with nas nas when i heard him rhyming it was like oh this is the level you got to rhyme at. Like, you got to rhyme this good. Like, I mean, he already said, name a rapper I ain't influenced. So the way Nas was describing things, I was like, wait, you could use words that good? And his mentality, me and him the same age, really, his mentality was on a whole nother level. So it just made me start thinking on a different level. Mm. But Minya, the way you come into play is, you changed my life. You brought Illmatic to me before it came out. Yep. You know that, yep, right? Yep. So you, as you said, you were bringing all the stuff early. We wasn't getting that stuff in Chicago. So mm -hmm. she brought Illmatic. We had it before it came out. So that kind of like <laughs> changed my whole way of approaching. Even my second album, Resurrection. I mean, I was working on it and already had some things going. But it was like, oh, man, this is the level it has to be at. And now nah, nobody has reached that level, but it was a good standard to to know where, what the possibilities are. And Minya, I'm telling you, yeah. because you brought that home, that actually gave me, like I was really in a, in a place where I was trying to find inspiration. I was listening to John Coltrane. I started listening mm -hmm. to Coltrane. I was reading the Quran more and like doing things that I, I needed to expand my mind. So when you brought Illmatic, cause I was already listening to Midnight Marauders, mm -hmm. listening to um, Return of the Boom Bap. I was listening to Souls of Mischief and that stuff. But then Illmatic was like, Man, it just changed changed my life at that point. Like, I can cite like John Coltrane, The Last Poets, you know, the Quran, and like different books of Buddhism. And Illmatic is one of those things that was like, okay. And I was probably 20, 21. That was like life changing for me. I remember it though. I remember it because I remember knowing that I was going home for Christmas break, holiday breaks. And I remember, oh, well, now I'm going to catch up with the homies. And I got something for y'all. I got something. And I was making copies. I mean, I was definitely not allowed to, but making copies. No so that's bootleg. How I got bootleg. No bootleg. 
Hey, Nas, I want to ask you, when I hear live at the barbecue, I hear the, the MCing part, like you took, you like, I'm about to light this verse up. Or back to the grill again, you lighting this verse up. I feel like Illmatic, you decided to go deeper into your story and stuff. So what was um the turning point for you with that? Like, or what sparked you to go there? Because you was getting a lot of props off of just being able to say clever similes and, or metaphors and saying some like eye turning shit. But then in, in Illmatic, you started describing things in ways we had never heard. Mm. Thank you, bro. I think coming out with Lars, Lars Professor, main source, uh, Live at the Barbecue, and MC Search, Back to the Grill, they were like me trying to light it up because I'm trying to get in the rap yeah. game. So I'm trying to go crazy. I had to let them know where I can go, let the people know where I can go with it. It's like, if you give me a listen, I'm going to go everywhere with this. I got a lot to tell you. It's like a to be continued moment with these verses. So with that, I knew then when I gave them the piece, the album, that now I got your attention. Now I want to tell you this story in the inner city. You know, yeah. that's what it was. We were unheard, I felt like, you know. But for us, it was more of a superstar status, you know. With Melly Mel and all these great pioneers, they were superstars. They were rock star image dressing like rock stars at the time. And when it came to us, I think just being who we was and dressing like who we was, like the guys yeah. like LL and all these guys would have their ropes yeah. and everything, big superstar looks as they should mm -hmm. have been to spark the world like they did. I think when me and you came in, it was like the 40 ounce, the Henny, yeah. <laughs> the, the blunt. Yeah. And, and, but then we're more than that. We're not just that. Yeah. Like Common in Chicago He's got the Chicago Yeah, man of team. the people. Man of the you know, he's the man sure. of the people, but coming in the game, he had the street with him. Mm -hmm. But he also had something to say that wasn't just surface level with him. It's like, what you see is not what you get. You know, there's deeper roots to this story with Calm. So when he put out his records, and you start hearing different variations of, of life in, in the city. Yeah. And not just one, you know. So that's what I wanted to do. You know, give people different insights on how I felt like it was growing up in New York. Okay, well, I got to ask, let me ask you one other question. So, yo, yo, <laughs> yo, yo, you yo, flipped this whole thing. <laughs> no, man, look, I got to listen, listen, I got to ask if I got you here. Listen, I might have to ask Rob nah, yeah. some questions about you. You remember, <laughs> you remember, because I think this is one of the greatest pieces of literature, black literature, New York State of Mind. Do you remember where you was when you wrote New York State of Mind? And then, because I'm not just going to stay on Illmatic, after you tell me that, can you tell me what's the difference in how you write now? Because you just as prolific and going into deeper places and other places now. But do you remember where you was when you wrote New York State of Mind? Yo, honestly, Rosh can come from my job. Yo, you are a for real journalist. Go. It, no, Part one. It's artist for artist right here. Yo. I, I feel yeah. this where is a real you? dope artist <laughs> to artists. Yeah. Yeah. I was in uh, my room. In Queens, mm -hmm. I was in my room, in uh, my apartment, in my living room, and in my bedroom, writing New York State of Mind in Queens and the projects. I finished it in D and D Studios. So, the first verse was done, pretty much when I got there. First and second verse, and I was like saying those things on different demos, trying to get it right, trying to get it tight, saying a piece of New York State of Mind on one demo. The second verse of New York State, I'm on another demo. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just trying to work on it till it's tight. And then by the time I got to D&D, &D, 
with DJ Premier, I knew, all right, cool. We have the whole track for this. It makes sense. It's this many bars. I don't even know how many bars. I'm just going to rap till it feels like it's the end of the verse. And yeah. um, I've wrote part of the second verse in uh, D&D as well. But you know what's the interesting add-on to that question is like, we know what those project apartments are like. We yeah. know they're crowded. There's a lot of people that live and move in and out of them at all times. Are you writing in privacy? Yeah. Do you have peace and quiet? Is it yeah. a time when your mom's at work? Yeah, someone's yeah, in school, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 for sure. Mom's at work. Uh, I don't know where my brother was at. Sometimes yeah. he was in the crib, sometimes not. Sometimes my mom's will be home. I was able to just play a track, you know, and just write. All the time I would write notepads and notepads and notepads. Mm. Ah. Did you write it to that beat? Like, was it? Nah, the beat was done once we got to uh, to D&D. So Premier just ah. whipped it up on the spot. He was just working yeah. on it, and then he just got it rocking. And I was like, wow, he's working on the track. I'm working on the rhyme, making sure it fits. I like how it goes to this track. You know, he's, all right, you like this? All right, boom, he fixed it up for me, and then I just got it real tight. And uh, you, ever, you ever put your hand to your mouth and aim it? You put your hand, yeah. cup your words towards your ear? You ever do yeah. that so you can hear it over the beat? I would do yeah. that all the time so I could hear my, my words huh. on top of the beat, no matter how loud it was. You just cup it, you know. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that's how I used to write to myself when it, so, so you could turn the beat up, let yep. everybody talk, be amongst themselves, and I'm in my own world. Wow. And you said, how do I write now? It's in, the, you know, my notes and my iPhone. Yeah. And wow. um, I might just do you have- get the beats? Do you nah. get the beats now beforehand or nah. do you like- you still don't? No, 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 because I don't really write that much. I just, I write down my notes. I write down certain mm -hmm. things that I'm thinking about. And mm -hmm. when I get to the studio and hear the beat that I like, I can go to those notes and see which one makes the most sense and which one yeah. flows the best to that track. And then I freestyle part of it. And then I'll sit there and think about the other part and then freestyle the next part and then get it done. Yeah. Sometimes... I just scribble, scrabble, just go on the mic and just yada, 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 yada. And then words will start connecting and I find that place where I made sense and then I stop it, yeah. I stop it. They go, okay, we're going to start the verse with this because this is where it started making sense. All the scribble, scrabble that I'm doing on the mic, it, it starts to form into real words and then I'm like, oh, I like that. I like how I said that. Yeah. I wouldn't normally write a flow that way, but if I just don't think about it, hmm. you play the beat yeah. and I just go, ah, uh, you know, you might get something that's in you yeah. dying to get out. But if you were just with a pen or with your notes, is your thoughts move fast in your hand. Yo, honestly, that's how I started writing. Like, it happened because I was, I was with one of my guys. We drove over one of his girls' house. He was hanging out with this chick. And he went in and, you know, handled his business. And I was sitting in the car still <laughs> drinking a 40 because I was working, you know, working on my rhymes. And I ain't had no pen or nothing. So I just started saying what was coming to me, and I was like, okay, I gotta remember this. And then eventually, I kept doing that, and it created what you said. I feel like the music should be able to pour out of us, and it's like a divine thing where we ain't gotta overthink it. Hmm. But I had to learn to not overthink it eventually, but just let it pour out. Yeah. And man, you keep the stuff that you like. I love that type of writing, because to me, hip hop like had that spontaneity and that authenticity that feels like it ain't improv, mm -hmm. but it can be sometimes. And it's just like, right. what is coming out of you? You're not thinking too hard about it. It's a divine expression. And I love hearing the things that went to that place, you know, with you. Yo, I saw a trailer for one of your movies. 
I think you produced and acting in it. I think Kiki Palmer's in it. Yeah, that's this film called Alice. Yeah, I got to produce on it, but I'm acting Kiki Palmer starring in it. And man, we actually scored the movie too, man, which is our first, yeah. the first score I ever did, wow. which um, I'm really excited about. It's based on a real story about this woman who, she was enslaved and it was, it was in the 50s. She didn't know that slavery was abolished. So she still was enslaved. And um, she ended up breaking out and getting into the world and discovering a whole new world. Like, can you imagine that? Slavery had been abolished for, wow. for almost 100 years. And the movie called Alice, the director, she took it to the 70s and made a whole, like, kind of cool story out of it. But it's a real story about a, a woman coming into empowerment. Yo, this is based on truth? That's, inc- yeah. that's crazy. That's wild, man. Seeing you in movies and stuff like this is inspiring, man. You showing your talent on more levels than one. That's not an easy task, man. And you just flow right in it. You mentioned Gil Scott-Heron, man. I never met the brother. He made one of his last videos, like my video Thief's Theme. My video Thief's Theme was the inspiration for, uh, damn, I forget the name of his song, but it's some dark, dope shit. You kind of give me, I'm sure you heard this before, I look up to Gil Scott. He's one of the dopest. He was one of the dopest, and music is forever. Would you ever play him in a film, man? Has anybody oh, ever asked question. you? Huh. Nah, as you just described my dream role, man. I've, I've been, that's the, one of my dream roles, like, is to play Gil Scott. Oh, like, oh, I, I would, see it. man, I would love to do it, man. They would have to put some hair on me, but I'd be good <laughs> after that, bro. I, I dig into it. I, I lose the weight because Gil Scott was dealing with a lot of different things. You know, he yeah. he had an addiction. Yeah. It's crazy. When we, when we was actually clearing the sample for the people, we almost couldn't get it clear because he was incarcerated at the time. Wow do the drug stuff. But um, he was a beautiful soul, incredible person. I got to do one show with him and hang out with him at this barbecue. He was barbecuing and uh, we did something at Central Park. And now I'm a part of a documentary that we're doing. I'm producing a documentary with um, Jason Jackson and a couple other people. And uh, nice. man, but nice. I would love to play him in a movie. That would that would be a dream role for me. It's going to happen. I Yo, see y'all it. just put I, it into the I see the it coming. I see it. That's yeah. an incredible... Yeah. And maybe y'all need to work on that together. Yeah. Hey, Nas, we can produce it, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. I'd be honored. I'd be honored. Say less. And I was going to ask you some more questions since y'all go back in Chicago. Kind of of put Minya on the spot here. (laughs) What was that like? What What was was she like? I don't even remember. Minya was like, yo, she was like a sister in a way, meaning like a black girl, but, you know, this Asian body. But she wasn't trying to be black, man. She just was in tune. Right. And just could be around everybody. And it was no judgment. She was always fit in. She was real welcoming. She was real honest, too. I think that's one thing people liked about. Like, you wasn't, right. man, you never tried to, like, portray anything that wasn't you. Mm. You never was, like, telling people false things. Like, if you ain't like something, even down to my music, I remember you being honest about that. Mm-hmm. And them the people I love. And you just, you know, you loved having fun. And you you would hang with us if we was doing crazy shit. Like, you know, yep. you just was kicking it with us. I was she down was, to roll. Was I wasn't, like I wasn't participating, but I was down to roll. I was your yeah. peoples. You Got was it. your peoples. Got it. Man, my, that's why I got excited when I knew I was, you know, talking with both of y'all. Yeah. Like, and they was like, yo, let's do this bridge. I'm like, yeah. And by the way, man, I, I was working out earlier today. And um, I'll be working now. Nah, I'll be working out to the music. But... The bridge popped up on my my Spotify thing. Yeah. I was like, "Yo, 
I'm doing this today. I got geek. Like I seen, you know, <laughs> all the people y'all have done. I was like, yo, this a moment for me to have Minya and to have now, you know, like I told y'all, y'all both have kind of shaped my life in a different ways, but I'm just grateful to be here with y'all. That is so beautiful. You shaped ours, yep. you shaped hip hop, and we marched to your drum too, brother. So appreciate you, man. Best Give human thanks, being. We Word. love you. We love you, love Ron. You, bro. Love you. Love you. <laughs> Love. Love. On the next episode of The Bridge, 50 Years of Hip Hop, we talk to Ice-T. Schooly was vague. You know, one by one, I'm knocking you out. I just made it more graphic and more visual, and it hit. And for me, six in the morning was like, if you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day, and I came over and said, you should sell this shit. you like, this shit? Right. Oh, nigga, I'm in business. Let's go. You know, because <laughs> I'm like, I could tell this criminal shit all day long, but I didn't know there was a market for it. From Spotify, the executive producers are Gina Delvec and Jason Rodriguez, with additional production support from Leslie Guam and Andrea Salenzi. And special thanks to Courtney Holt, Jessica Dow, and everyone at Spotify who helped the bridge come to life. From Mass Appeal, the executive producers are myself, Nas, Peter Bittenbender, Jenya Meggs. Lead producer is Medina Parwana. And associate producer is Serge Jabrija. Our writer is Gabe Alvarez. Samara Langa and Cliff Cristofaro are our editors. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.